Now that you've found UBN Radio and discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. It's Blissin Up. I'm your host, Rachel Lang, intuitive astrologer. Get starstruck with inspiring guests and engaging conversations. Blissin Up starts now. Hello. Hi, and welcome to Blissin Up. I'm your host, Rachel Lang, and I am so excited to be here um, coming to you live today from New Orleans. And John, you're back in studio, right? Yes, I am. It's great to see you, Rach. Excellent. It's great to see you, too. It's so great. And this is, um, the sun is still in Scorpio. And so when the sun's in Scorpio, we are focusing on all matters uh, that are scorpionic. And and so today we're going to be talking about magic, um, continuing our Scorpio series. Um, and, and, you know, during this time uh, of the year when the sun's in Scorpio, we really get in touch with some of the uh, the, the ways in which we are connected to our natural environment and the ways in which that natural environment speaks to us and, um, and the elements uh, of the, within our natural environment. And so today I'm really excited because we are going to be talking uh, about uh, Vodou, uh, which is a, uh, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm here in New Orleans. And so this is a traditional uh, form of healing and uh, a form of ritual practice that um, that is, is, is used here um, and in other parts of the world. And so today um, I will be talking with Sally Ann Glassman, the owner of this shop. The shop that I'm in right now is the Island of Salvation Botanica and Magical Pharmacy. And it's if you could feel the energy in here, um, and hopefully you're feeling it uh, while you're watching or while you're listening to this, uh, it's really powerful. And uh, the minute I walked in, I just felt I felt lifted. Uh, and so, if you're ever in New Orleans, you have to come and see the shop, and you have to meet Sally Ann. Um, and so, we'll be talking to her a little bit later today. Um, but first, let's get starstruck. <laughs> starstruck is the segment of our show where we talk about astrologically what's happening this week, so that you can make the most of each day. And uh, and so this week actually offers kind of of a call in an otherwise very stormy period that we've had going on since September. Um, you know, so use this, this week's influences to gear up for the holidays, to enjoy time with your family and close friends before we go back into another high intensity period at the end of this month and throughout December. Today and tomorrow are excellent for outdoor activities, especially with that moon in Sagittarius. So our fire signs, Aries, Leos, and Sagittarians, you are going to be able to, to really enjoy some of the, the dynamic energy that we have going on this weekend. Um, then on Sunday, we start our week off with the moon moving into practical Capricorn. And so when the moon's in Capricorn for those couple of days, it's a really good time to get things checked off your to-do list and to accomplish tasks. Now, this is going to be um, especially beneficial for our Earth signs, Taurus, uh, Virgo, and Capricorn. Um, uh, so, you know, this is a, a great time to, uh, to uh, again, get really focused on your goals and, uh, and to, to kind of, you know, take practical steps moving forward. 
if you've if you've been feeling a little dreamy, a little foggy, if you've been feeling, you know, kind of more romantic than usual, it's because Mars and Venus are together in the sign of Libra, which makes us all kind of focused on love and focused on on connecting with other people. And um, and so for for our mutable signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius and Pisces, this is really a time um, because Neptune's influence is pretty strong, uh, along with this Mars and Venus conjunction. Um, but this is a time to discern if the relationship that you are in is an illusion or if it's something real that can move forward. So take this time with the moon and Capricorn to get focused. Uh, you, can, you can gain a lot of clarity. All of us can gain a lot of clarity about the direction that we're moving in our lives, um, and especially with relationships. So, uh, so it, it's, you know, it, it could be time for those really important conversations, but you need to be gentle because your needs and your partner's needs might not necessarily be exactly the same. So any conflicts that you encounter, um, you know, ultimately re reflect back to your, some of your own internal struggles and some of your own internal conflicts. And so, and so it's a great opportunity for healing and for, for clearing anything personally that's standing in the way from, relation, from you having the relationship that you want. Two Tuesday, the Sun and Mercury meet up in the sign of Scorpio, helping our minds access new insights and awarenesses, particularly uh, about our psychological and spiritual understandings. Um, this is especially powerful for water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. So take some time this day to write, to journal, and meditate. Our feelings will be intensified during this time, so we will want to find outlets for our self-expression. It's a great day for getting out your paints if you're a painter or for doing something creative in some way. Um, you know, this is also an incredible day for healing. And, and so if you, if you need to make an appointment with your therapist, with your acupuncturist, with your, with your healer or, or shaman or astrologer, um, this, is a, this is highly advised um, uh, this day and on Wednesday. We're, we're going to be feeling this influence on Wednesday as well, and especially for our air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. So um, Thursday night, pay attention to your dreams and any sudden aha moments or insights that you receive. Um, this day is filled with divine guidance. So that's a little snapshot of our week. We are going to take a really short break, and when we come back, we will uh, be talking with Sally Ann Glassman. So stay tuned.
watching to watching and listening to Blissen Up, and I'm Rachel Legg. I am here today with Sally Ann Glassman, who is the owner of the uh, of the shop that we're standing in right now, the Island of uh, Salvation Botanica uh, Botanica and Magical Pharmacy. Um, and and uh, Sally Ann is uh, is is a uh, let me read I have to read this I have to refer to my notes. <laughs> Sally Ann is is a is a, a voodoo priestess. And she's really passionate about um, about uh, sharing the, the rich spiritual uh, and cultural history of voodoo, um, and uh, and she speaks, she writes, she uh, does readings, she offers all kinds of, of, of services, um, um, helping uh, helping people to to really have better lives and to heal significantly. Um, so. Well, welcome, Sally Ann. Hey, thank you. So, um, so tell us a little bit about how you started with this practice. Okay. Well, I think I was kind of born this way. Mm -hmm. um, I, my first memories are of seeing the world a little differently than than most people do. It doesn't look very solid to me, mm -hmm. and it it absolutely visually looks like flows of energy, mm -hmm. and that's how I always related to the world, and so completely that I didn't realize that other people didn't see it that way until I got to be a bit older. And I also realized that I was picking up information about people that they had not given to me and started to realize that especially adults were a little freaked out and a little nonplussed by me and were backing off. And, and I decided that I needed to do something to be able to turn that on and off, that it was really invasive and kind of rude, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I started working with tarot cards. I did my first tarot deck when I was 13. Um, I had no idea that it would later lead to doing the Enochian tarot deck and the New Orleans Voodoo tarot deck. And um, I still paint all the time and, and do sort of automatic painting. Mm. People talk about automatic writing. Yes. I do automatic painting. Oh, and, how does that process work? I have no idea how it works. <laughs> it, it just does. And and my experience, when, when we did the New Orleans Voodoo Tarot, I worked with a, a writer on that, uh, Louis Martinet, mm. and we would do ceremonies for each of the cards that we were creating, and we'd have visions, and then I would start working on the card with chalk pastels, which are hard pastels, and I could scrape on them and get into a frenzy. And a lot of times I didn't even know what image was going to come out mm -hmm. until the very last stroke, and then suddenly it would make sense. It was really an incredible wow. experience, um, almost out of body. <laughs> so, wow, it sounds like it was channeling in some ways. Or, or channeling, or I think more like possession trance that, wow. that you experience in voodoo and mm -hmm. in a voodoo ceremony. That's really the ultimate aim is to bring these spirits through so that they can talk and communicate with us or maybe dance with us or do healings or give guidance or just be in our presence. Mm -hmm. And um, that happens when a person's ego identity kind of moves out of the way and the, the greater identity of the spirit comes through mm -hmm. and borrows your body for, for a time. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is that when a person is experiencing full possession, and this isn't like, you know, the, the exorcist where Linda Blair's head mm -hmm. is spinning around and she's spewing things. It's a, it's a very beautiful um, situation, and, and who doesn't want to talk to spirits and find out what's going yeah. on? Um, but the person who is possessed, referred to as the horse in Vodou, and, and the spirit is the, is the rider. 
and the person who's the horse has no memory of anything that happened. It's it's complete amnesia, in in a full on possession. Mm-hmm. So it was it was somewhat of that condition I think um, mm-hmm. that I was able to move aside my conscious identity and let this greater uh, spirit come through and express mm-hmm. itself and show mm-hmm. itself to me. It was it was quite a privilege. So I later wrote a book called Boda Visions that had the material that these these spirits referred to as Loa mm-hmm. in Vodou presented about themselves. Wow. So do you work primarily with one spirit or do you work with others? There are hundreds of spirits in Vodou and there are different categories of spirits. And I f- should first say there's a recognized God called Bon Dieu, good God, or Grand Met, the Grand Master. Mm-hmm. But we as humans just can't comprehend that that level of abstraction and vastness. Mm-hmm. So we relate to these intermediary and ancestral spirits that are all referred to as Loa, although they each have their own individual name and character. And so they're all seen as an aspect of God's life force, which mm-hmm. of course is limitless. And we all have ancestors of our own that are our family Loa, and these these other loa are more archetypal in nature. They're um, they're going to govern over archetypal principles. They also are forces of nature. Mm-hmm. So, an example that um, Ogu is the master of war. He's a warrior, and he's the Iron Forge master, and he's the patron of iron in the world, the metal iron. So, and he's also leader of men, and and sometimes political and and a strategist so there's all of these qualities and the thing is that you get to know them like they're members of your family they were people once and and they understand the human condition and they help us to understand our human condition and the potential for humanity so they allow us to reach into the greatness of our character Instead of thinking that we need to get rid of some aspect of ourselves or, you know, maybe a, a warrior is, is too big or too aggressive for a woman. But in Vodou, you learn to just balance these things with all the other qualities that are encompassed by God's life force. Mm. It's incredible. So, you know, when you, when I think there have been historically some myths about Vodou, which is, you know, the, everyone, I think, or a lot of people think of the pincushion mm-hmm. and the, you know, or the, the not the pincushion, but the, you know, the, the, the doll. doll. Yeah. Um, what, can you address, can you talk about some of those myths yeah. and, and how they started? Or? I would, I would first say for people to forget everything they've ever heard about voodoo, V-O-O-D-O-O. Uh-huh. Um, people notice I'm pronouncing it voodoo, V-O-D-O-U, which is the Haitian Creole spelling. Mm-hmm. And voodoo refers to a religion, and it, it refers to a way of life and a way of seeing the world, experiencing mm-hmm. the world. Um, many people refer to it as the soul of the Haitian people. Mm-hmm. Um, and vo- voodoo, V-O-O-D-O-O, is more touristy and Hollywood version mm-hmm. of... Um, a kind of spellcraft where you are sticking pins in a doll and, and trying to make somebody grow warts on their nose or whatever. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with the religion at all, which consists of dancing, singing, drumming, um, art forms. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. 
And I think the the beginnings of the misconceptions or the bad PR about voodoo started really with the Inquisition, the Spanish mm -hmm. Inquisition. And when slaves were taken, or Africans were taken into slavery in the New World and the Americas, um, the you know the the institution of slavery was such an evil thing. Mm -hmm. You can't get around that, mm -hmm. but human nature is to project onto someone else what we don't want to see in ourselves. Right. So the same horrible images that were used against the Jews became applied to Afro-Caribbeans, that mm -hmm. they, they sacrifice babies and eat them, they have depraved orgies, they're against God, they're Satanists, so on and so forth. All of that is just madness. And then the um, during the... the um, Victorian times, the Victorian journalists saw enough of voodoo ceremonies and, and voodoo practices that it kind of piqued their repressed imaginations, mm -hmm. and they described naked practitioners having orgies and tearing at their bodices, and, and of course the slaves didn't have Sunday clothes that they could tear off. Right. They, they had the rags that were given to them by their masters, and that's all they had. So finally, in our time, Hollywood can sell more tickets if um, you exploit something that I think most Americans, most Westerners, if they actually saw a voodoo ceremony, might be a little disappointed that there's not all the special effects and, and mm -hmm. there's not any of the depravity that, that has been described. Um, I can say that voodoo dolls with pins are simply not used mm -hmm. in Haiti. Um, you don't see them. Mm -hmm. And you will see dolls on an altar. you see dolls in my shop even. But they represent the different spirits in the same way that a statue might represent a saint on a Catholic altar. Okay. okay. Um, do you, so, do you think that, do you think that in some ways that, uh, that the religion of do you, do you think that, that any practitioners like Marie Laveau, for example, do you think that they used that as a source of power against oppression at all in, in any way? Well, I think, you know, the ultimate sin of Vodou is that it recognizes that there's an invisible world mm -hmm. inside of the visible world. It was the same flows of energy that I was seeing since I can remember. And... So the slaves had this technology, which were the voodoo ceremonies, for reaching into the invisible and drawing through this greater power that couldn't be seen and couldn't be controlled by the slave masters. So, of course, that was really terrifying for yeah. the slave owners, and it was empowering in every way for the slaves. And for those of us living now who are not actually experiencing slavery, where the wrong side of a whip um, and we're not having to do manual labor for someone else, I think we can still understand the condition of slavery mm -hmm. even in a much more limited or more privileged way. Mm -hmm. So people can experience being enslaved to an addiction, to a habit, to other people's expectations of them, be enslaved in a, in a toxic relationship and can't find your way out. And I believe that Vodou has within its powers the ability to free us from those conditions of slavery. You have to be willing to take up the tools of power that right. it's offering to you. That's incredible. So what are some of those tools of power? 
They're, you know, they're very simple. They, um, they have to do with honoring, accepting, balancing. It's profoundly healing in every way. Um, you go to a ceremony and the drums start and the rhythms are very important. They're, you know, we know from quantum physics now that everything has its own vibration right. and its own frequency and color and sound and smell and all of these things help to pinpoint a state of mind, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And so everything that happens in the ceremony in Vodou, we have a name and a face for X, Y, and Z that you might find in a, in a scientific if you're, if you're smashing atoms. Yes. Um, but in Vodou, we might be talking about Dambala or Erzuli or Ogu or, or Simbi or mm-hmm. one of these other spirits, and we can relate to them. We know them. We feel their energy register. They have a particular rhythm that's associated with them. There's a dance step. There's going to be numerous songs for each one of them and the color and food that they like. And so everything allows us in the ceremony to get past our normal everyday state of mind mm-hmm. and into a much more, um, you could say, enlightened or receptive mind. Uh, people think of possession as a uh, pushing out mm-hmm. of the being or the demonic forces coming into you. My experience of it is that rather than it being a limiting or shutting down, it's an expansion beyond my normal personality limitations. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly liberating. Mm-hmm. I get very tired of who I am <laughs> and, and the limits that I place yeah. on myself. So when I can see the world from Dambala's perspective, who's the force of creation and the, and the power that sustains creation, well, that's great. Yes, you know? and, definitely. And if I see the world as Erzali and the whole world I'm looking at through rose-colored glasses, and mm. another time it's Agu and the whole world is a battlefield and mm. it's about force and, and fighting mm. and fighting for the light even. And, mm. and over time, you get, you get it very clearly that your way of seeing the world is just your way of seeing it. It's not the fullness of reality. And if you can just bring these things into balance and let them breathe and express in the way that they need to in their own nature and not judge them, then this creates a, a complete constellation of a person. Mm-hmm. You were talking about astrology. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. And what's interesting, too, is that in astrology, we, we do um, have these archetypes, like mm-hmm. Mars, mm-hmm. the warrior who that who rules, like the, the planet Mars and the uh, the god Mars is, is linked with iron. Mm-hmm. And, and so it sounds like there are some overlaps sure. that perhaps, even though they come from, even though, you know, Vodou is a different perhaps has different roots um, as like Western astrology, it, it seems like there's a, th- a thread, a through line. Yeah. Um, I would say that the roots of Vodou are the oldest religion mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. and all the other religions developed out of it and then it made another journey and kind of rediscovered itself and yeah. pulled in all these elements that had begun in Vodou. And Vodou is syncretic, so as Africans were brought from their nations in Africa, and we're talking about several different countries and different mm-hmm. peoples that didn't speak the same language, and, mm-hmm. and so the elements and practices of Vodou became a kind of language. Mm-hmm. Song and rhythm and dance and ritual gesture, they started to communicate in ways that weren't available linguistically between people. 
um, but it added to itself elements of the different cultures it encountered. So there was European Catholicism being practiced both in New Orleans and Louisiana and in Haiti, Saint-Domingue as it was called at the time. There were Taino and Arawak Indians in, in Saint-Domingue and there were native peoples here. Um, there were Masons practicing in both places and brought in their sense of mysticism and magic. And so all of these things blended together in a gumbo. Mm. And voodoo held all those principles together in a coherent way that, that people could have access to and work with. <clears throat> That's amazing. And, and what's amazing also is that, that it seems like the, the idea that of the everything coming together in one big gumbo mm -hmm. and Vodou sort of holding space for other traditions as well, mm -hmm. it seems like it's sort of an answer to some of the exclusion that other religions might practice. Absolutely. And my, my friend Darius James always says that Voodoo includes, it doesn't exclude. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful truth about it. I've had the amazing experiences, you know, as an American, and I want things to be either this way or that way, and I've been in Haiti talking with a bunch of priests there, voodoo priests there, and asked them a very simple, direct question that in my mind should have had an answer to, and each of these people would give me a completely different answer, and all of them were nodding in agreement with one another, and looking at me like, what is your problem? What is it that you don't get about this? Wow. <laughs> you know, this is true, this is true, this yeah. is true, this is true. Mm. And uh, it was quite a lesson for mm. me. I love that. I love that. So I want to, um, you have so many incredible things in your shop, and I, I would love to to perhaps get an idea of how you might use some of these, sure. some of these, um, some of these resources and some of these tools okay. to, uh, to, um, to help people. Well, we'll start with the, the mighty wall of herbs. Okay, and, um, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the herb wall. Uh -huh. um, they, these are more than just uh, leaves. They, uh -huh. have, they have beings in there. They have spirit in them. And so they're all here emanating their force. And I get to sit with them all day, which is lovely. <laughs> but some of them are used just to spice up your cooking. Yes. Uh, some are medicinal which is certainly very important and helpful. And um, I should mention that my shop is in the New Orleans Healing Center, which um, I co-founded with my husband. And, and so I really focus on the healing aspect of Voodoo and very broadly defined in all areas of sustainability. So not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, psychically, environmentally, all of these things we approach holistically, um, which is in the nature of Voodoo. But so some of these herbs are, are simply medicinal, some are very magical, and some do all of the above. Some are incenses, and, and you know, incense is associated with, um, or smell is associated with memory and mood. Mm. So you burn some frankincense, and it, it brings you a kind of ecclesiastical peace. <laughs> and so, and uh, dragon's blood. Which, which one's dragon's blood? Uh, if I can do my alphabet, I'll find it for you more quickly. But I seem to be incapable uh, of that. Oh, right it's right now. there, right next to you, actually, right oh, there, there in front of you. Dragon's blood is a resin. It comes out of a tree. And um, it's very spicy, and it Ooh. it ups the magical ante oh. in anything that you're doing. That that it smells so incredible. Yeah. So. 
And some of them do everything imaginable. Mm -hmm. They're very powerful, and, and it's a whole universe in there, in mm -hmm. that wall. Great. And then we have all kinds of products um, that people can use to to walk out and meet spirit, I guess you could say, uh -huh. and to empower themselves. So there's the Florida water cologne that's used to anoint altars in Voodoo and people anoint themselves with it. It's not only refreshing and a nice cologne, but it has a very unique smell mm -hmm. that, of course, because smell is attached to memory and mood, it, it immediately helps bring people's attention to the ceremony that's mm -hmm. going on. And when you splash it on yourself, it, and we're in New Orleans where it gets very hot in the <laughs> summer, and, and I have an un-air-conditioned temple, so oh. it not only refreshes you and makes you feel like you can make it through the ceremony, but it gets you into that spiritual space, oh, and nice. it anoints yourself. It lets mm -hmm. you know that you are sacred and the child of spirit. Mm -hmm. Just when you open the bottle, it reminds you of that. Really? So, and then we have um, bath salts that we make here, and I have become completely addicted to bath salts myself. Um, they're, they're very relaxing in the same way that you use salt to remove tension from a muscle. Um, it removes tension and, and negativity and restriction from all areas of your life. And there's oils in there too, so people can call on the oil to bring spiritual presence and help them to have protection or love or peace or any of the numerous things that they're designed for. And do you make these in ritual? Like, do you do you actually do this? We make them here in the shop, and mm -hmm. we bless everything that we make, and we um, focus intention on all of the things, and, and we make the oils that go into them. And sometimes I grow the herbs that. Um, that we use in the formulas as well. So, you know, we, we're always expanding and increasing the amount of involvement and engagement with our own energy and, mm. and intention. Mm. Incredible. And then um, I'll show you these candles that are for pretty much every conceivable purpose. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, they're seven-day candles. They burn for seven days, and we can dress them, it's called, where we add oils in the top, and, and we put herbs in them and all sorts of items that, that resonate with the intention of the candle mm -hmm. and uh, sort of bumps them up a little bit. And people light them as they're lighting a candle. They're lighting the way for spirit to see them, and they're also lighting and focusing their own intention and mm -hmm. so it's a wonderful way to meet at the at the center of the crossroads between spirit and prayer mm -hmm. a lot of people burn them here in the shop um, some burn them at home we have a very beautiful marie laville shrine outside the door in Do the lobby really? of the healing center oh, to go check that out in santa muerta shrine um, so people are always welcome to come and say prayers make offerings do whatever they'd like mm -hmm. there and um and we have a whole array of oils. Really, okay, let's see the oils now. Hundreds and hundreds of oils. Oh my gosh! Um, no, I, I want to also yeah. show some of these some of these uh, dewi that you have, and some <laughs> of these. Like your shop is just so full. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to show the Haitian sequin flags, okay. which are up above us. Okay. Um, Here, second. And. One of the things that absolutely amazes me about Haitian people is their 
creativity mm-hmm. and their ability to take absolutely nothing and turn it into a beautiful ex- ex- um, explanation or, or um, uh, a way of showing how spectacular the world is, mm-hmm. even if you can't see it on the surface of things. And so here's the people that are extremely impoverished and have very, very few resources and manage to make these spectacularly <coughs> sequenced, sparkling, flashing images that, that are symbols of each of the spirits that they, wow. that they serve. That's so incredible. These are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and you, would, you, you look at those and you don't think, I mean, you think the last thing, the last thing that you think is, is poverty, you know, yeah. because they're so... I was in um, Haiti one day uh, outside of Port-au-Prince. I was sitting on a cliff, really, that overlooked Port-au-Prince. And there was a man there who was selling seed pods that was all he had and I was the only person sitting there so he was trying to sell me his seed pods and I didn't need them and um he was a lovely person and he was so happy about being alive and being in God's world and Mm. absolutely impoverished and he said to me that if people would stop thinking about whether they were getting enough out of life and instead thought about how much they had to give to the world, then they'd realize how rich they are. <laughs> I'm just sitting there listening to this man. It was so humbling and so focusing on, on the reality of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, being able to go to Haiti and, and work with Haitian priests, voter priests and priestesses and be in communities there has really changed how I see the world and how mm-hmm. I see my own life and my own community. It's mm-hmm. it's a life changer for sure. Is that where you did your? Is that where you first? Like, did you study with a priest, or how how did that happen for you? Um, when I first came to New Orleans in '76, um, my impression of Vodou was just as negative as anybody else's, mm-hmm. and I thought I would be jeopardizing my immortal soul if I ever said the word even. Mm-hmm. And um, I was living in an unheated barn in, in Kennebunkport, Maine, and it was October 1st and 20 degrees. My brother called and said that he'd gotten a job teaching at Tulane University here in New Orleans, and I thought, you know, jazz would be really interesting, <laughs> and I don't know why I yeah, thought that. Yeah. I got on a plane within yeah. a matter of days with my sheepdog and my bird, and, oh. And voodoo and jazz were really interesting. So I stuck around and immediately met people and started working with people mm-hmm. and um, just studying, reading books. Uh, Maya Darren wrote a book called The Divine Horseman, mm-hmm. and she was a filmmaker. And, and I just was mesmerized by her writing and by her films and, and was able once to meet the woman who was the executor of her estate. And I walked into her home. And she had a big image of the mermaid in Vodou called La Seren. And it was a big metal sculpture. And beneath it, just a very simple bowl of pink rose petals, which La Seren likes. And for some reason, it just blew me away. I was completely hooked wow. <laughs> from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And I eventually was able to go to Haiti and initiate with a man named Edgar Jean-Louis and another gentleman, Silva Joseph. And... Um, I spent the, it's a six and a half day initiation and I've 
went back and forth and he came back and forth and worked with my people and I brought people there to initiate and studied every time and just learned from his example. He was an incredible, wonderful old man, very, very open-minded and uh, fluid in his thinking. I was truly blessed to have run into him. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And how many, um, how many priests, how many priestesses are there in in the U.S.? There aren't very many, correct? I would have no idea. <laughs> um, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've heard figures worldwide that there are 50 million or 80 million mm-hmm. people practicing some form of Vodou, whether Santeria or Candomblé mm-hmm. or Macumba or any of these various forms. And I have no idea how anybody gets a statistic mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Almost everywhere, it's just not that wise to acknowledge openly that mm-hmm. you practice these religions that they're so frowned upon and often persecuted, even in Haiti. And I'm very fortunate, you mentioned Marie Laveau, Mm -hmm. and on the one hand, she was the first commercial voodoo priestess, so that led to all the tourism and all the the branding of of things like the voodoo barbecue and the voodoo music fest and all of that. But I can practice voodoo in the middle of the street here. I can do ceremonies in the street, and the police won't arrest me. They'll just make sure I don't get run over. Wow. (laughs) So it's, it's really something that I'm very grateful specifically to her for, mm-hmm. that it's still in the popular imagination and mm-hmm. it's accepted and, and I'm free to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. John, do you have? Do we have any questions in the chat? Actually, I do have a question. You, you mentioned Santeria. That, that's, a, that's a form of voodoo as well? They're African diaspora traditions. So Santeria has... African roots mm-hmm. and went to Cuba and mingled with the uh, Spanish Catholicism in Haiti and in Louisiana. It mingled with French Catholicism, so they have slightly different flavor. There are probably as many similarities as differences in each of these religions, mm-hmm. and you almost have to be a practitioner for them to totally stand out mm-hmm. to you. But um, they're certainly related. They're, they're cousin religions. And I've done ceremonies that have been attended by people who are Santeros or Santeria practitioners, and they totally understand everything that I'm doing, even though there's some differences. Yeah, that was my first introduction to, um, I guess, voodoo <laughs> in some ways. I, I didn't even realize it was, um, because it was it, it was so beautiful. And like you, you had just said, it is a very beautiful religion. And, and I came in here with the, with the misconception that it, Wow, it's 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 black magic. It's dark. It's all of this, and so this has been an incredibly informative interview for me to learn how beautiful of uh, and, and you radiate that. I can feel your energy and just how I just just and you're an incredible wealth of information about this. So thank you so much, well, Sally Ann. We we could talk yeah. for centuries about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but first, uh, before we only have a few minutes left, and I want everyone to. To know how they can find your shop, you have an online store as well, correct? Right. It's at www.islandofsalvationbotanica.com. Um, I have a Facebook page for the Island of Salvation Botanica and personal pages, so easy enough to find, yeah. Yes, and um, and you do readings too, right? You offer- I, do, um, I do crystal ball readings. That's just the medium that I like, and there are several people in the shop who do tarot readings, and they're, they're excellent. Everybody's mm-hmm. really a good reader. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're in New Orleans, the Healing Arts Center. 
It's called the New Orleans Healing Center, and it's at the corner of St. Claude and St. Rock Avenue, and that also has a website, the um, www.neworleanshealingcenter.org. And um, I invite everybody to come and experience this. It's, it's uh, quite an amazing ex um, experiment in uh, civic healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. So um, thank you so much for being our guest today and thank for you. letting welcoming us into, our, into your shop and, and, uh, and for teaching us more about, about your religion and your, your practice. You. Mm -hmm. It's been such a treat. It really Thanks. has. Thank you so thank much. You. Yes, thank you. So that is our show for today. Um, next week, we have, we're back live in the studio, and we have a very special guest. We have Shar, who is the host of Shar Vision on, uh, on UBN Radio. She'll be, she'll be with us talking about how to develop your psychic gifts. Um, she'll be talking a little bit about how she started. She's a, a very well-known, very, very famous psychic medium, and so she'll be with us next week. Um, and I want to give a really, really special thank you to Lisa Tahir, who is has uh, who's who is here and she's hiding in the background, so I won't I won't make her come up on camera. But she's the one who has been hosting me in in New Orleans, and uh, she was just uh, honored with a recognition, nominated for Woman of the Year here in New Orleans. Um, yeah. <laughs> With, uh, with 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 the shop and with um, with our with our show today, so I'm beyond grateful and uh, and so excited and thrilled to be here um, in this in this in this city of magic and mystery and mysticism and uh, and I'm you know I'm, I'm looking forward to being back in LA, but I'm really enjoying my time here. You're in great so, company. You're in great company. Uh, yes, yes. And, and this was an awesome show. I learned so much. It was great to do the myth busting, and it was very very oh. informative. So thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So. Um, visit the shop online and buy candles and oils and salts and anything you can. I know I'm going to probably need another suitcase by the time I'm finished shopping here today. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Bye, John. Bye, honey. Thank you. Take All care. Right. Lots of love. Okay. Woo!